coconuts, I'm not sure if you are feeling this or experience this, but I am seeing a lot of digital ads. Whether is it your brokers, your financial planners, your property agents, your financial gurus selling you courses, and what have you, all sorts of stuff going on the internet when you're watching a YouTube videos, you're scrolling on Instagram, you're on Facebook like me, and what have you, right? The reality is, as they spend more and more money on all these digital ads, they are trying to get your attention. They're trying to convert you. You are their lead. And they throw all sorts of stuff at you, all sorts of logic, all sorts of data, all sorts of fallacies, specifically logic fallacies. And that's what we're going to spend some time to talk about today. I cannot be debunking every single one of them all the time. So I've gathered a few structures that are very common as a logic fallacy in personal finance for you to be empowered so that you can then take this to review content in the future. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today, we're going to spend some time to talk about the logic fallacies extremely prevalent in the personal finance space. Okay, I want to put it out there that logic fallacies are not unique to personal finance. A lot of people use it in their day-to-day argument. Even your politicians use it a lot. Very, very often, in fact. And that is not to say that when someone uses an argument, a logic argument that has some sort of fallacy embedded within, that they are losing the battle. A lot of times when people are debating, when they are trying to get you to be on their side, they're trying to drive consent, or they're trying to get you to buy into their story... Tons of logic fallacies and you know it's prevalent, but it works, which is why it still happens. But why do we want to talk about it? Why then do we want to talk about it? Because like I've always said, we cannot always just, you know, shame the seller and talk about how lousy the seller is, blah, blah, blah. But we got to become better buyers. So as better consumers of content, as better consumers of logic, as better consumers of reasoning behind why you should do certain things, we definitely should be more aware of common logic fallacies that are peddled out there today to get you to agree with them. But actually, when you think about it, hmm, maybe this argument not very well done. And if you think about it, there are many different ways to reason, and I will call them sources of reasoning, from personal experience to lived experience to shared experiences like social norms or even data, logic, divinity, spirituality, cultural reasons, and what have you. All these are reasons and political structure, okay? All these are merely sources of reasons for you to substantiate something. 
Okay, so recognizing that there are all these different sources, we're not going to discuss all of them here. We're just going to focus on this thing called logic, which is very loosely used out there, <laughs> but extremely under-discussed, right? Like, you know, people will say, oh, you're very not logical. But then you ask them, so what, what is logic? <laughs> Most of them cannot understand it and they cannot accurately tell you what is logic. So logic is very loosely used, right? And the definition, the dictionary definition, is logic is an interdisciplinary field which studies truth and reasoning. In other words, it is a subset of philosophy and is trying to best depict what is going on. So you can say something is very logical when it is a very accurate depiction of that particular situation. And you would say someone is more logical or something is more logical because it is a more accurate depiction of the reality, right? That is my view. Okay, so if you think about it, there are two main ideas here. One is internally you have a barometer. So internally you have some sort of measurement to decide what is considered logical. And all this, what is considered logical, is governed by all your experiences and all the different reasoning that we have kind of touched here and there. Okay, so they may be of different sources, but they all come together to help you set up a barometer and set up a framework to decide what is considered logical to you. And then there's the other side, which is the logic fallacies, right? So reasons that sound accurate, they sound quote-unquote logical, but actually when you think about it, they... Yeah, a bit weak, oversimplified, and at times wonky. Of course, over time, there are a lot of different structures and different styles of logic fallacies that have been documented and there are systems as to how to build some of these logic fallacies to convince other people also. So today, we're going to spend time to focus on uh, some of these logic fallacies that are extremely prevalent in the personal finance space. And to put it very simple, simple, simple... Why these things exist, they are essentially subpar reasons for things, right? So people use certain structures to create very lousy reasons to convince you to do something. And why, firstly, you can be convinced is because all these subpar reasons are speaking to all these dark corners in your head where you have not established some sort of accurate thinking or you've not established some sort of strong logic structure or thought framework around some of these things. So you become very easily targeted with a lot of these subpar reasoning, which are okay logic fallacies. So by learning about some of these fallacies, some of these logic fallacies, how they are built, how they are structured, what are their examples, it empowers you with the ability to sniff out subpar reason or oversimplified reason. Every day you're consuming reasons. Everyone is trying to convince you to do something and they're throwing all sorts of reasons at you. And not all reasons are the same like we've established. Not all logic is equally logical. There are all these things that we call fallacies. So when you are able to spot all these fallacies, you become more acute, you become more aware of uh, reasons that are not as good and that will add to your ability to think and make better case and better choices that fits you rather than, you know, build your decisions on things that are a little bit wonky and oversimplified lah. So for all of you that want to continue to geek out about logic, how to define what is reason and blah, 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 all those normal philosophical kind of things, please check out the podcast called Philosophize This, my favourite monologue podcast that spent a lot of time to talk about philosophy. But also go and read up other materials, right? There are a lot of logic fallacies out there that you can learn to better bolster your thought processes so that you don't be convinced by oversimplified reason. Okay, so I'm going to only spend time to talk about three and the first logic fallacy, I'm going to put it out there, extremely prevalent in the personal finance space. That is the boogeyman. So I'm giving you the accurate name so that you can then go and do more research if you want to. So the boogeyman is also known as the appeal to fear logic fallacy. 
So what is the boogeyman? The boogeyman essentially is a situation when people are trying to create support for an idea by attempting to increase the fear towards an alternative. In other words, instead of telling you why this is good, they tell you why the other is bad and you should use this. Okay, so exploiting one's emotions and fear. Very prevalent in the personal finance space. So the argument form, uh, there's a structure to this. The argument form is... Either A or B is true. That means you can either invest in stocks or you can invest in property. Yeah, you can. You can invest in stocks or property. But A is more frightening, so B is true. So instead of investing in stocks because it's more scary, right? you should invest in property. Right? So this is a classic logic fallacy out there appeal to fear. Right? So there are many, many examples, not just this stock property debate. There's endless. I always see online the people trying to sell you property costs uh, will use this structure. Tell you, you know, you can invest in stock, you can invest in property, but why property? Because stock is very volatile, very scary. The same holds for the other side. People are trying to tell you to put your money in the broker or invest in the stocks or learn the stock program options, whatever you, right? It's the same structure. They always tell you why the other thing is not as good. They increase the fear of the other thing instead of actually telling you what is the use of this thing, what is it actually trying to function and how is it better. Of course, maybe in the course, they will teach you and all, but you, you see the structure, right? You see the way these fallacies are being thrown at you to convince you so that you will subscribe and buy from them, right? So another very classic example in the personal finance space uh, that suggests an appeal to fear is you can choose to insure yourself or not, right? Because insurance is also a very big business. So yeah, either A or B is true. You can choose to insure yourself, yes, or you can choose to take on the risk by not insuring yourself, yes. A or B is true. But you know, if something happened to you, then your friend finally get cancer and then you lose all your money, all your savings, then you become bankrupt. So you should insure yourself. <laughs> so it's always trying to suggest how bad is B, right? How bad is it to not insure yourself, to substantiate the reason to insure yourself, right? So then, oh yeah, you should insure yourself. Lo. So you see the structure? One more, I'm going to throw one more at you. You can either rent or buy a property. But what if your landlord, right, suddenly wants to sell because their price increased and all that? Yeah, so you should buy. So yeah, and, and I think you can observe it, right? You can observe the fallacy structure. You can either rent, this is option A, or you can buy a property, this is option B. So either A or B is true. You can do either one, yes? But what if your landlord wants to sell and then the price go up, then you have to go out and find a new place? So all these are instilling fear into reason A, which is to rent, right? Option A, which is to rent. So by instilling all these fear towards the renting idea, then they tell you, oh, so you should buy law. Right, but it does not go and tell you why you should buy, what is the structure of buying, what are the things you need to consider. So this is a very classic appeal to fear situation that is a yeah, very prominent logic fallacy out there in the personal finance space. And I want you to be very cognizant of this. When people tell you to do something, they should be able to give you a logical flow or a set of reasons as to why you should do this rather than throw you a set of fear, try to build all these fear out of you onto the other option that you were considering. Okay, so this is something that you should be very aware of. But also, I also want to point it out there at this juncture that fallacies, right, they don't work independently. They work hand in hand. That means there are all these different fallacies and a lot of them are put together to convince you to do something. So yeah, that's the boogeyman appeal to fear fallacy, which brings me to point number two, and that is the straw man argument. Straw man argument is classic oversimplification of situation. And we'll talk about this afterward from our sponsor. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So the straw man argument is a situation where someone changes the discussion. That means actually you were discussing on this one thing, but they switch the discussion in a very beautiful manner. They either oversimplify it or they over-exaggerate it. And then suddenly the discussion is about something else totally. I don't know if I should say this, but okay, I'm going to use this example, okay? So recently in Parliament, there's a lot of discussion about Seeker, right? Seeker, the free trade agreement that Singapore signed with India, okay? And uh, the PSP member of parliament went onto the parliament and talked about, you know, our seeker, blah, 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 blah. You don't need to agree with him and what have you. But the whole discussion was about seeker, whether a seeker is good or not, right? And then one of the ministers came out and said, you know, does that mean you do not agree with free trade agreements? Does that mean you do not agree with free trade agreements? Please put a stand whether or not you think Singapore should have free trade agreements. This is a classic straw man argument. The original discussion was about seeker, whether seeker is good or not. But he over-exaggerated to put it to the, to the person to say that, hey, are you not agreeing with free trade agreement? Then in my view, it's like, uh, I thought we were talking about seeker. Why suddenly it become free trade agreement? Not all free trade agreements are the same. You get the idea? So that is in parliament, right? But in your day-to-day life, a lot of people do this. And in personal finance, also a lot of people do this. The argument structure, okay? The argument form looks like this. Person A will assert a point. So let's say we call this point X, okay? Person A asserts point X. Then person B will argue against point Y. Either oversimplified or an over-exaggerated point. Making it sound like they're actually answering point X. But actually, they're really changing the argument towards point Y. Okay? So, let me give you an example. Person A says, low-cost index funds are good long-term investment solutions. So, you can debate with the person whether or not low-cost index funds really is good for long-term investment solutions, right? But person B comes in and say, index funds do not outperform the market, right? The cost don't matter. If it does not have growth, there's no percentage, it does not get you alpha, you know, it's not worth your consideration. So with that, low-cost index funds sucks. You, you hear the pattern? Instead of going straight for person A's point, which is point X, right? Low-cost index funds are good long-term investment solution. Person B over-exaggerates and divert the discussion over to whether or not low-cost index funds can create alpha and outperform the market. But that wasn't the point to begin with. 
That wasn't the discussion to begin with, right? So this is something very common in the personal finance space and I want you to be more aware, cognizant of it. And if you really want to discuss anything in a more structured and accurate manner, you must always define the goal. We've talked about it a lot of times. So if you define the goal in this example, the goal is long-term investment solution. Then the discussion can be about strategy, so is low-cost index funds best or are we looking at active funds? Is it better and why is it better and blah, blah, blah for a long-term investment solution? That is a good discussion, okay? But when someone totally changes the discussion over to, oh, actually index funds, right, they do not outperform the market, so cost does not really matter, they do not grow. Then you get the idea, you start to see it, that is a fallacy. Let me give you another example for the straw man argument, Okay. Person A makes a point. Cryptocurrencies are volatile and should not be a big part of your portfolio. Okay, person A makes a point. Huh? Cryptocurrencies are volatile, should not be a big part of your portfolio. Person B comes in and say, so are you saying that all cryptocurrencies will crash? Lah, right? You, you don't understand, right? You fart, right? You fart, right? The world, the world, the, the world of traditional finance is going to die. It's going to end, right? You don't understand. Huh? You, 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 you don't buy, lah, don't buy, lah, never mind. <laughs> When I tell you all these examples, I'm sure you've heard it somewhere out there. Person A is just trying to say that cryptocurrencies are very volatile and shouldn't be a big part of your portfolio. So the discussion is whether is it volatile and how big should it be within your portfolio, right? These are the two points that it's trying to put out. But person B over-exaggerates the discussion over to, oh, so you think cryptocurrencies will crash? Like You think it's not worth it? Like You don't understand this thing? Like You're very traditional? Like You fart, you fart. <laughs> So you start to see, right? You see the structure, define the goal, right? So defining the goal in this situation is you want to build a portfolio, maybe for consistent returns. So this is the premise. So with the premise, then is cryptocurrency suitable within this portfolio structure? Yes, why? No, why? Okay, so that is a better way of argument and do not fall for straw man arguments. Very, very common. And after you practice a little bit more, you start to see all these things, right? Then you will be able to spot it. You will get better and better at observing straw man argument, all these fallacies, uh, boogeyman and what have you. Right? So a rule of thumb, particularly for the straw man argument, if you want to reduce the chances of having straw man argument, because like I said, you got to practice, right? And even sometimes I do fall in some of these logic fallacies because maybe I'm not as cognizant uh, over time, I will get better. Of course, over time, I've gotten better at this, trying to observe some of these fallacies. So one of rule of thumb to reduce the chances of you falling into a straw man argument, right, is to try to compare things that are as close as possible. So let's say you compare one index fund to the other index fund. They are all tracking the same index. Because it is so narrow, they are so similar, it's very hard for you to fall into a straw man argument. There are only that one or two reasons behind choosing one over the other. As compared to if, you know, the discussion is very broad, like property and stock, the classic debate, right? Tons of straw man argument within a property versus stock discussion. Okay, so that is something to be aware of. If you cannot yet observe, try to compare things uh, based on the, the goal that you want to achieve. And also, when you compare strategies, you want to compare things that are as close together as possible, as similar as possible, right? So, so this growth stock to that growth stock. Even better, this internet growth stock versus the other internet growth stock. Or this social media company versus the other social media company. The closer you can pull the comparison together, like this block of flats versus the other block of flats, the closer you can, then, you know, it will help you to have a better reasoning structure rather than fall into straw man arguments like, because yeah, it's just easy to do that. 
Which brings me to point number three, and that is a slippery slope argument. So what is the slippery slope argument? It is an argument that says that if you take one step, like a small step to the left or to the right, either way, you take a small step, it will lead to a whole chain of events and become a very significant effect. Okay, so that is a slippery slope argument. It can slip up or can slip down, right? So it's like, you know, if Tesla can do this, then it will do this, 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 this. Uh, this is a classic slippery slope. Okay, so same for many, many other things. The argument form looks like this, okay? If we do A, B, C, D, E, F, G uh, will happen all the way and lead to Z. Right? So, so that's the idea. Just need to do one thing, all these things will happen. But that is not the truth. I'm sure you've heard this, right? Learn this one skill. <laughs> and it will change your life, right? If you hate your job, learn this thing. And this argument form is probably one of the most common one in digital ads because they want to get your attention, right? So they will use this thing in a very... Um, they exaggerate it. Lah. So, you know, slippery slope essentially exaggerates a lot of these things. Right? Just do this one thing and you can retire forever. You know, you can just, you know, do this one thing and you can fire your boss. You will change your life. You become a millionaire. All right. So if you think about it, you do this one thing, you got to do the next thing. Actually, you got the next thing. You got to pray for the other thing. Then hopefully, 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 you compound to become a millionaire. Okay, so actually that is the real story, right? There's the B, C, D, E, F, G uh, that they don't tell you. They only say A. Then if you do A, it becomes Z. Right, so this is classic slippery slope. Let me give you a few more examples, okay? Another example will probably be a very concerned parent or concerned relative or what have you, right? And they will tell you this thing, right? If you're entertaining the idea of quitting your job, <laughs> they will say, oh no, if you quit your job, right, it'll be very hard for you. You know, the market is not very good. Then later end up, you have to go and drive taxi. Then it will affect your career plans. It will affect your future. Then what if in the end, you cannot do anything and then you, you're homeless, right? So, yeah, so yes, yes. I'm sure... You've heard this, maybe not to the extent of homeless, but, you know, people over-exaggerate the argument. They'll make it sound like, you know, if you quit your job, right, you're going to be very jealous about your life, very, 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 very jealous. You know, but actually, it's not the case. If you quit your job, what happened? You just lose your job, law. <laughs> What's the next thing that happened? Oh, you don't have stable income, law. So, so these are the, the only two things, right, that really happens. Because you don't have stable income, then yeah, maybe you eat into your savings. So what is your strategy, right, to create the next stable income? What is your goal? What are you trying to go after? Right, so it is not a definitely all the way down, right? So this is classic slippery slope. And all these fallacies are only a tip of the iceberg. There are also other fallacies like the bandwagon fallacy. You know, you should check out. Yeah, definitely, if you're interested after you listen to this episode to want to brush up on the way you listen to reason, you consume reasoning, right? Please go and read out a little bit more about logic fallacies and how do they work, right? Why do they exist? How do they react? And how do you react? And how does it affect your life, right? Essentially, why I think you should be more aware of some of these logic fallacies because they're extremely common, extremely used in the personal finance space and it creates all these very you know substandard reasons for you to do something so instead of building your life around substandard reasons i hope you become better at thinking and consuming and building a framework of thought that will fit your life towards a life you love all right so with that i'm going to sum up the three fallacies that we have touched on today the first one is the boogeyman, the appeal to fear. Essentially, when people try to tell you that the other thing is very lousy, it's not so good, it appeals to your fear to get you to buy this thing. 
and they tend to be that they are selling this thing. So that's a very lousy uh, argument and it's a classic logic fallacy. Number two is the straw man argument, which looks like if the person tells you a particular point, they're debating on this point, but the other person comes in to debate on a similar sounding point, but actually it's oversimplified and over-exaggerated. In other words, they are not going straight in to the discussion of that one point. They are shifting the argument somewhere else. And that is a very, very classic way, uh, especially for a lot of the more, uh, quote-unquote, more educated people. They use this very, very well and you should be more observant of it, okay, when you're consuming reason. And the third one is the slippery slope argument where they argue that if you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G will happen and you don't need to do any other thing, like, essentially, right? So these are some classic logic fallacies, very prevalent in the personal finance space. I hope you become more aware and I hope you learn something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, sustainable for all. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Okay, I hope uh, today's episode was good. It's a little bit more complicated. I know there are... Um, I'm trying to like cram thought processes. How do you think uh, some philosophical um, frameworks and ideas into a 20-minute podcast? So I hope you, you, you find it beneficial. I hope the examples um, give you an easier place to start, right, to entertain some of these things. And you can actually run a lot of uh, all these reasons that you consume online through some of these fallacies to see that if they fit the fallacy, then hey, maybe uh, it's not the most rigorous uh, reasoning process. Okay, next week, next week, we're going to spend some time to talk about managing FOMO. I think recently, there's been a lot of movement in the markets and some people are making money, some people are not. And uh, especially for a lot of younger investors, you know, they are just starting to put money into the cap into the market, or you know, you have a more traditional way of investing, broad-based index funds. Then you see everyone else like what Lao like growing 20, 30, 40 percent because they invest in some like you know crypto asset or some like high growth stocks or, or whatever. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, maybe I should do that, huh? Right. So uh, FOMO is getting very prevalent. It does not help that social media does exacerbate FOMO. So I'm gonna um, share with you my thoughts on how to work with FOMO. It's not always a bad thing. And uh, we'll talk about that next week. Meanwhile, take care.